thank you for tuning in to the Everyday Christian Podcast, a work of Scattered Abroad, which is overseen by the East Hill Church of Christ in Pulaski, Tennessee. You can find our website at scatteredabroad.org. In this podcast, we show that God deserves every praise from every creature every day. Here is your host, Chase Green. Hello and welcome to Season 3, Episode 9 of the Everyday Christian Podcast. I'm your host, Chase Green, and today we're going to talk about methods of evangelism. And we have a special guest with us today. His name is John Mitchell. He's been on the podcast before. He was on our episode last year on Everyday Christians in the Voting Booth, and certainly uh, John did a very good job with that topic. Not the, the most fun topic, but we appreciate him for helping us with that. And he's going to help us with this topic of evangelism, specifically methods of evangelism, how to uh, get opportunities to evangelize, and then how to seize those opportunities to evangelize. This is certainly something that I think is is lacking in a lot of places uh, in the Lord's Church today, and certainly that's a shame. Uh, we need to emphasize evangelism. Of course, uh, benevolence and service project projects and edification, those are all very important things. Uh, that the church does, but it should all boil down to evangelism, trying to seek and save the lost. That's what Jesus came to do. He came to seek and save the lost, and uh, that's what we should be doing as well. So, uh, John, I appreciate you for joining us for the podcast today, and uh, I hope that you uh, enjoy this topic. And I tell you what, it's slightly less intimidating of a topic uh, compared to last time, isn't it? Yes, it definitely is. Uh, you're back on my Christmas card list for giving you this topic. <laughs> well, I appreciate that. So uh, you want to kind of introduce yourself again for those who, who didn't listen to the last episode that you were on? I've been uh, preaching the gospel for 20 years, and I'm married with uh, two little girls, live in Calhoun, Georgia, work with the Calhoun Church of Christ, been doing that for almost five years now. Uh, I've also preached for... 13 years in uh, South Carolina and about three years in Illinois. And I love being a part of the Lord's work. I I consider it a privilege. And I'm glad that you were able to have me on today. I appreciate that. And uh, definitely had a very good uh, episode last season and look forward to this episode as well. So we want to begin by talking about the need for personal evangelism. Now, there's lots of of verses we could go to. Matthew 28, verses 18 through 20. This is the Great Commission account in the book of Matthew. Uh, It says, And Jesus came and spake to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and teach all nations, or, or make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. So we are to go and to make disciples. We are to go to teach. And as part of that teaching, it certainly includes baptism. You look at Acts chapter 8. And uh, Philip went and and preached, and and he preached Jesus to them. Well, what happened later on? They were baptized. So preaching Jesus includes preaching baptism. So we are to teach, we are to baptize And then we are to teach to observe all things that Jesus had commanded the apostles. John, if someone says the Great Commission here in in Matthew 28, 
If they say that that was only for the apostles, how would you answer that? Well, in Matthew 28, uh, verse 20, after baptism, he told the apostles to teach the disciples that they had made, the disciples that they had baptized, to observe all things that I've commanded you. And so, basically, by definition, that would mean that that would include the command he just gave them. Absolutely. To make disciples of all nations. That's right. So it's, so it's it's right there. It's plain to see. I think sometimes we, um, because of fear or anxiety or, or what have you, we uh, we may want to try to explain this away, but we can't. Uh, we are commanded to evangelize. So I appreciate you for for pointing that out. Mark sixteen verse fifteen and sixteen. Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized shall be saved. He who does not believe will be condemned. So that's the uh, Mark account of the Great Commission. And I want to turn our attention to the book of Acts because for all intents and purposes, the book of Acts is a book on evangelism. The church came into being in Acts chapter 2, the day of Pentecost. Uh, Devout men had gathered there uh, from all nations, Jews, in Acts 2 verse 5. Peter preaches this magnificent sermon to them. And in verse 37, they cried out, men and brethren, what shall we do? After having realized that, that they had crucified the Son of God, and Peter tells them, repent and be baptized, verse 38, every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So from that point on, we're seeing uh, this church being established, and the Lord is adding souls to that church, Acts 2, verse 47, and evangelism is is truly being conducted uh, very, very well, and, and um, the Lord is adding to the church daily those that were being saved. In Acts 8, verse 4, dealing with the persecution, it says those that were scattered abroad went everywhere preaching the word. So that's uh, evangelism even in the face of persecution. And there's another verse in the book of Acts that talks about those Christians turning the world upside down. Now, we can't turn the world upside down today without evangelism. So those are kind of a few basic points of, of why we need personal evangelism. Uh, John, would you like to add to that a little bit? I would say that the, for individuals as well as congregations, the need for personal evangelism is great simply because uh, God commanded it of us, and when we do not obey God's commands, then we are in sin. And if we do not repent of that sin, then the result of that is eternal condemnation. And this applies not only to us, uh, it also applies to the people we know who, to whom we're not talking about Jesus. In Second Corinthians chapter 5, uh, verse 10, uh, Paul brings out that we will all stand before the judgment seat of God. And the very next verse, verse 11, he says, Therefore, knowing the terror of the Lord, we persuade men. The reason he was sharing the gospel with everyone he met, the reason why the gospel was such a high priority for him, was because he knew that both himself and everyone that he came in contact with, everyone that he came in contact with, would stand before God in judgment. And if he did not give them 
the gospel message if you do not expose them to the opportunity to know the truth that can save them then they would blame him and God would blame him as well in Acts chapter 20 verse 27 he told the elders um, that he was innocent of the blood of all men because he had not uh, he had not shrunk from declaring to them the whole counsel of God the reason he would say that he is innocent of the blood of all men that that's an allusion to something that God had shared with Ezekiel back in Ezekiel chapter 3 starting with verse 17 where God told Ezekiel basically in summation um, I have a message for you to give to Israel and if you do not give them that message then I'm going to hold you accountable right along with them if you give them that message and they repent then that's wonderful if you give them the message and they do not repent then um, I will judge them but your blood uh, their blood you will have delivered from your hands um, I think we as Christians have forgotten that uh, we think that that the purpose of church is self-help uh, to help us personally and and that is part of it uh, edification is one of the great works of the church but uh, Christians need to not be as inward focused as we have been for a generation or two now we need to be more outward focused in sharing the gospel in our own communities and throughout the world but with as many people as we can because souls are at stake and that's just the basic reason our soul is at stake if we do not do it and the souls of the people who we know they are at stake too and i think about paul you know he was he was driven to evangelize and i think a lot of that was he realized he had been persecuting Christians. He had be he had been persecuting Christ in, in his church. And he takes that that grief over that and he, he, he uses it in a good way and he turns and, and and evangelizes all the more. And certainly we need to have that same spirit of evangelism realizing what's at stake. What about somebody who who has this fear or this anxiety of well, you know I know what the Bible teaches, and I could teach it to them, but I just don't think they'll listen. Well, I'll bring you back to that Ezekiel chapter 3 passage. I'm going to go ahead and turn there and, and read it verbatim here. That's Ezekiel chapter 3, starting with verse 17. This is God talking to Ezekiel. I'm going to read through verse 21. Ezekiel 3, verses 17 through 21. Son of man, I have made you a watchman for the house of Israel. Whenever you hear a word from my mouth, you shall give them warning from me. If I say to the wicked, you shall surely die, and you give him no warning, nor speak to warn the wicked from his wicked way in order to save his life, that wicked person shall die for his iniquity, but his blood I will require at your hand. Now notice verse 19, this alludes to your question. But if you warn the wicked, and he does not turn from his wickedness or from his wicked way, he shall die for his iniquity, but you will have delivered your soul. 
The hand of a righteous person turns from his righteousness and commits injustice, and I lay a stumbling block before him. He shall die. Because you have not warned him, he shall die for his sins and his righteous deeds that he has done shall not be remembered, but his blood I will require at your hand. Now verse 21. But if you warn the righteous person not to sin and he does not sin, he shall surely live because he took warning and you will have delivered your soul. Basically what what we need to remember is that evangelism, our efforts at evangelism, is a win-win situation. It always will be, as long as we make that effort. If, if, if we make the effort to share the gospel with someone, we speak the truth in love as God told us to do. And they just immediately accept it wholeheartedly uh, and repent of their sins and we run them over to the baptistry and then they're a faithful Christian from then on out. Well, of course, that's a win. And God will say, well done, good and faithful servant. But here's the other thing, too. If we share the gospel with someone and we speak the truth in love and they just flat out reject it, um, or they're wishy-washy about it, they say, well, I'll give it that, like the king said to Paul, I'll come back to you at a more convenient time. And so they don't, they don't obey the gospel, basically. Or maybe they do obey the gospel, but then despite our great, greatest efforts, they then fall away. The fact that we did our part, the fact that we did what God told us personally to do, we shared the gospel with them, we did everything that we could to bring them into the church and keep them in the church, God is still going to say to us personally, well done, good faithful servant. It is impossible for a Christian to lose in the sight of God when it comes to evangelism. And well, let me amend that statement. There is one way that the Christian can lose in the sight of God when it comes to evangelism, and that is don't try it. Right. To just simply not make the effort. And it, when you don't make the effort, when you keep the gospel to yourself, every single day, your next-door neighbor, your co-worker, the, the woman who checks out your groceries at the local grocery store, the waitress who waits on you, and you're her favorite customer, um, all of these people that you interact with every single day, their souls are in jeopardy. You're not doing a thing about it. Not doing a thing to, about it at all. What is going to happen when all is said and done if, if what the Bible says is actually true? And what the Bible says is true. It is. So what's going to happen? They're going to stand before God in judgment. And they're going to say that God's going to condemn them to an eternity in hell. And that they're going to look at you, you personally. And they're going to say, I worked with you on the assembly line, side by side, Monday through Friday, for 40 years. And you never once talked to me about Jesus. You, ne you never once invited me to church. You never once asked me to have a Bible study. Why did you not do that? Why did you keep this to yourself? And then the Lord, sitting on his throne, he's going to look at you. And he's going to say, that is a very good question. Why did you not do what I told you to do? Go and join them. That's basically what's going to happen. But but the thing is, is that if you do share the gospel with with your coworker standing next to you on that assembly line, you invite him to church, and and for forty years he keeps saying, "Nope, not interested. Nope, not going to happen. Not going to do it." Then there he's going to stand before God in judgment. God is going to condemn him 
But God is going to look over at you and say, well done, good and faithful servant. Thank you for making the effort to bring this soul to me. It's not your fault that he rejected me. It's his fault. That's the perspective we need to have. Absolutely. You remind me of uh, probably one of the most haunting songs in the hymnal. You never mentioned him to me. And uh, that that is a haunting song. So it needs to encourage all of us to, to evangelize. Um, also, you remind me of the uh, parable of the soils. You've got different kinds of soil. You've got the good soil. You've got the wayside soil, the thorny soil, the rocky soil. And uh, when we evangelize, we don't know what kind of soil that person's going to be. We may think they're this soil or that soil, but that's not our job. Our job is to spread the seed, and then God will take care of the rest. Uh, Paul said in 1 Corinthians 3, verse 6, I planted Apollos water, but God gave the increase. And we need to remember that. Uh, the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the, the intents of the heart, Hebrews 4, verse 12. So the word's going to do its job. We just got to get the word out there. Agreed. I think that a problem with a lot of people in the body of Christ, um, at least in our culture, over the past generation or so, is I'm not sure that they truly believe what the Bible teaches about eternal condemnation and eternal salvation. I, I, th- I theorize, I surmise that a lot of people in the church, they've convinced themselves that, well, yes, here's what the Bible says, um, you know, the way is narrow that leads to life, and few there are that find it. I understand that the Bible says that, but, you know, I think in the end, uh, uh, in the end, as long as you profess Jesus in some way, and you're not a Muslim or a Buddhist or something like that, and you're not an atheist, uh, I think in the end, God's going to let you into heaven. As long as you're basically a good person who says that they believe in Jesus and goes to some church, I think that you're going to be fine. And we might, I think a lot of people in the church deep down have convinced themselves of that. And so uh, that's one reason why they don't share the gospel with that many people. Um, I think fear is another reason we we are so afraid of... of, uh, Offending people, I it, it kind of it, it's very ironic. It makes me shake my head because I see, and this kind of alludes to the last time you had me on podcast, what we talked about then. But I see so many of my brethren; they they are so so passionate, so outspoken about politics, and especially about we need to make sure that we keep the First Amendment. The, the freedom of religion and the freedom of speech, uh, the freedom to worship openly, the freedom to talk openly with anyone we want about Jesus. And and, and I think that's great and everything. I want that first amendment too, but at the same time, I'm like, how many of you are actually using that first amendment? Right. Really? How many of you are doing it? How many of you are using it? We might, well, for a lot of you, we might as well not have it because you're not using it. Paul and Peter and the other apostles they would have loved to have our freedoms. They would, they would have taken advantage of our freedoms and our technology. The fact that 
that you and I are talking through the internet right now, the fact that I can write an article, anyone can write an article, put it on the internet, and, and people on the other side of the world will be reading about it. Um, Paul and Peter would have loved this. They would, and they would have taken advantage of it for the cause of Christ. And here we are, we have it, and, and we don't use it. We don't use it for Jesus' cause. Right. We, we, instead, we use it for our own interests right. instead of Jesus' interests. Some do, of course, but, but by and large, many and, and probably most don't. And it really yeah. is its a shame. All right, we're going to go ahead and wrap up the episode for this week here. But before we do, I want to highlight one of our Scattered Abroad Network podcast. And this week, we're going to highlight the Scattered Abroad podcast. This is an interesting podcast because it is a combined podcast with all of the various hosts from the Scattered Abroad Network. This is a podcast that seeks to answer questions, and we use the Bible to answer those questions. And this year, our theme for the Scattered Abroad podcast is Scattered Yet United. This year, we cover the following topics in this podcast. United in spite of our distance, united in spite of our differences, united in love, united in truth, united in hope, united in study, united in spirit, united in expectations, united in evangelism, united in understanding, united in helping, and finally united in pushing forward. Now, you'll notice that that was 12 topics, and so this podcast premieres on the first Sunday of every month. So one of these podcast episodes will come out every month on the first Sunday of the month. So I hope that you will check out the Scattered Abroad podcast on the Scattered Abroad Network. Please tune in next week for the continuation of our discussion with John Mitchell. Thank you for listening to this podcast from the Scattered Abroad Network. If you would like to email us, you can do so at the Scattered Abroad Network at gmail.com. That's the Scattered Abroad Network at gmail.com. Remember, you can check the show notes below for all of our social media platform links. Also, don't forget that you can find us on all major podcast platforms and please leave us a rating or review. We hope and pray that this has helped you grow closer to Christ even though we are scattered abroad. May God bless you.